0: We back, we back, we, we back. back. back okay. We back again, back uh, again.
1: Wait, wait. Yeah. Sweeter I than him.
0: Wait, TJ, does, does TJ have a second bomb? Does TJ have chin, a bomb? Nah, no no. bomb. Okay, okay. All right, yo, ah. yo, tribe,
2: tribe. We definitely want to thank y'all for tuning in to the second part of our Blackly Black. Is this the second or the third part? I forget. All right, to be honest, this, this one technically is technically the third part. This is technically
0: the third part. Part three, part three man. All right, this is the third part. Okay, so this is part three.
2: OK, this is sweet of the juice. All right. Mm-hmm. We cut it short last time. We had a lot more to talk about. So we hope that y'all enjoy this second part that we put together in the episode for y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we take some time to discuss like some really cool moments in black history. And that's kind of mm-hmm. where we, we we're picking this one um, up from. OK, so please enjoy the episode. Tribe, we love you. Thank you for tuning into to Ratchet, where we bring you the real in a world of fake. Uh, what else okay. we got? Happy okay, Black okay. History Month. Yeah. Well, my name oh is yeah! yeah. Good good right. to Every meet you. day is Black Welcome History Month. State, right, Every, Every
1: motherfucking day. Every day. Thank you guys.
3: Is this good? is this coming out at the end of That's Black History Month? This
1: is a dope <laughs> episode. Listen to this one: the sweet of the juice. Let it go. That's. Yes. All right, y'all.
2: Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.
3: Yeah, I love some sweet juice. <laughs> are we not doing regular <laughs> That's natural? it. Thank
0: you so Black. much. <laughs> we are complete on that. I'm not going to explain why I was thinking about him in particular when I watched the Arbery video. And to be honest with you, I don't think it matters. His death was in 1955 in Hill. Arbery's death was in 2020. That moment for me was a big fat fuck you to every person of color, especially in light of the current situation that we're in and like the current pandemic and just the things that we've gone through overall. I say that again because of the fact that it's a pattern you can see. Like there, are, It was a clear, easy to understand message regardless of Black doctor. Black judge, Black president or no, pandemic or no, world shutdown or no, racism, that energy, that mindset, that same mindset that was probably present back in 1955, Emmett Till, was probably is alive and well in 2020. Now, nice. I have some names that I want to kind of give off and just show you some things. Eric Gardner, his death, July 7, 2014. Michael Brown, his death, August 9th, 2014. Tamir Rice. Tamir Rice. His death, November 22nd, 2014. Philando Castile, his death, July 16, 2016. Rihanna Taylor, her death, March 20th, 2020. George Floyd, his death, May 25th, 2020.
4: The Sophisticatedly Ratchet Podcast is a roundtable formatted conversational podcast about
1: any and everything.
5: Six black queens and kings from New York City.
1: Sharing our views on black lifestyle, culture, relationships, religion, and current events.
2: Here at SR, we try to give our listeners the real in a world of fake. Worldly professionals with class that also know how to switch it up.
3: Now let's talk our wild shit.
2: All right, um, yes, all right so let, let's uh, move on now. All right, spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> all right, so look, last week Sorry. we actually, um we ended up doing um a black showcase where, you know, we talked about some real influential people in black history and we wanted to mm-hmm. just bring some light to people who we know restructured what black excellence is or like set at least like the bar at the time for like what black excellence is or whatnot. Now, this week, we're kind of doing something a little bit different. We actually want to talk about moments in black history and just kind of mm-hmm. shed some light on to moments that we feel like were important in black history. OK, uh, so because I got the oldest joint, I got the oldest John up yeah. in here. All right. I'm, I'm going to go first. And yeah, I'm going to take you All back. All right, everybody. alright I'm going to ta- take you back to 1811. OK. All right. In and, a time machine. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um now in eighteen eleven there was this um this I don't want to call it little, but but I gotta I gotta say little because it doesn't receive as much publication about what happened. And this incident was the Louisiana Rebellion of eighteen eleven. Um Ooh. some people call it the the German Coast Uprising. Okay, right. and this was started uh, January eighth, eighteen eleven. All right. So mm-hmm. the the reason why I wanted to speak about this was because it was one of the largest slave rebellions in the U.S. around this time or whatnot. And this is something that's coming off of the heels like the Haitian Rebellion where Haiti kicked the French ass and had Napoleon in a fit. Uh, and rightfully yeah, so.
3: 1811,
2: but OK. 1811. No, 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 no. I said it's right. It happened right after. After.
3: Um, after. Uh, that said, was an... So it's correction, you said 1891. What, what no 18
2: 1811. 18, the Louisiana Rebellion happened in
3: 1811.
2: Oh, it happened 11. in 1811? Okay. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. You got to so shit. You got to shit. That's order, please. Yes. <laughs> <Please.
1: laughs> Shout out to the <laughs> Haitians so, uh, sh- though, by the way. Shout out to you the so.
2: We missed to allow you yeah. to go forward right. without getting your shit <laughs> Exactly. <going. laughs> I was going to roast him if you tried some shit. Don't you worry about it. But look, anyway, yo, but but I think what happened anyway with that with the Haitian Rebellion is like France was just shook over the fact that, like, yo, all these black people got together and they started kick, just kicking ass or whatnot, all right? Mm-hmm. So as far as the 1811 rebellion, though, it was the orchestrator at this particular moment in time was a, a dude named Charles Delon. okay? He mm-hmm. had a white father. He had a black mother. And he was the overseer on this plantation called the Andre Plantation, okay? Mm-hmm. Um. And, and, and as you know, like, the overseers, they pretty much were punishing um enslaved people they kind of got a few more rights as they lived on you know some of the plantation land but they were still mm-hmm. like indentured servants at the end of the day so um enslaved. Mm-hmm. uh enslaved they were enslaved I don't want I don't want to keep calling them slave they were enslaved mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. uh while on this plantation he hooked up with two brothers okay cook and kwaman and I I believe like cook and kuman were kind of Bringing all this news about like how to how Haiti rebelled and it became its own republic and this that and the third, and also around this time, black people was getting more familiar with like using arms and and having weapons because they they also served in like the war and everything like that before that as well, so having so many black people in one area kind of just like gave light that you know what there can possibly be a rebellion of some sort- it's, especially coming off of like I said what we've seen in Haiti or whatnot um. So in Louisiana, okay, they used to have meetings or like um, where they would sell goods or whatnot at this place called Congo Square. And what would happen is Cook, Kaman, and Charles, they used to pretty much be around those, those meetings in Congo Square. And they would pretty much try to just like give information to black folks because that was like the one place that black people can congregate to share goods and information or whatnot. So they made sure they started speaking to other black folks about the fact that, yo, look, we're going to rebel against this plantation. We're going to show them that, you know, we, we're not no punks or whatever the case is. And we have to, you know, tell them that we, we don't enjoy slavery. We have to rise up against the, you know, you know the, the whites. So pretty much what happened on this particular day, which is named Epiphany Sunday.
1: hey. Yeah, I'm they sorry, went to, to. My name, sorry.
2: <laughs> they, they went on. Um, they actually, on the Andrew plantation, they ended up sneaking into Andrew's main house. Okay, it was about 20, 25 slaves that snuck into his home one night. And they caught him while he was sleeping. And pretty much they started trying to, like, juke him, stab him. You know, they was trying to get at him, kill him, or whatnot. Juke
1: him.
2: Andrew. Yeah. I mean, that's a Jamaican term for me, at least. But yeah, but he ended up getting away, though. I don't know. I don't know how he escaped 20 or 25 slaves or whatnot, trying to kill him. But he ended up like, you know, getting away. He actually jumped on a boat and was able to like sail, I guess, across the Mississippi or something. So during this time, you know, the 20 or so black guys, they actually started getting the word out like, yo, this is the time now. We're doing the uprising or whatnot. And they were ready to just like kill any white plantation owner or whoever was gonna get in their way. they actually ended up killing Andrew, his son. They ended up killing his son in the in the same house that that same night. and as they started like their march to say like yo we we gonna get whoever the head plantation, not the owner, but somebody who overseed the plantation as well, he caught it. you know, he seemed like the the small militia of black men starting to be formed. He thought like, okay, well, if they come to the farm i'm a, i'm a, I'm gonna stop them. That was not the case. He actually got like a axe put to like the back of his head by Cook. Very good. Yeah. So they Very they was good. they they was about the shits. Okay. All right. So as they he formed should. a. As you should. They, wow. As you should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so pretty so pretty much they formed like a, a small militia and they started walking down the Mississippi and they was yelling chants talking about on to New Orleans and freedom or death and this yes. kind of had white people in a you know, in an uproar because they started having to flee the city or flee the, the country and start heading towards like New Orleans to get away. That shit wasn't an
5: uproar. That shit was terror. Could you right, imagine what t- that t- would be like for, for free... white? Well, could you imagine what that would be like for white people who had enslaved these people for all this time and now mm-hmm. they got guns they, and yeah, they telling yeah. you we coming to your hood? Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. they
1: a shook shook. Like, they ain't even yeah. no joke.
2: Retribution is coming. I
1: love it. Mm. Keep going. I've never heard about this, so I, I love it. Keep going. Mm. It's like story yeah, and
2: so, time. Here yeah, facts. So, the, so the so the numbers kind of get like misconstrued with this particular event. Some people said it was as much as two hundred people that were marching. Some say it was about five hundred or whatnot. But like I said, they kept marching out of Mississippi because what happened was when they got to New Orleans, they was going to set it off. All right. Now, during this time, the 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 dude that escaped, the plantation owner Andrew, he actually ended up warning like other forces and other small militia units, like, yo, they coming down the road and they mean business. You know what I'm saying? So they ended up trying to form like a white militia that was going to stop and I guess like fight or go toe to toe with the with the army that the, the black people had at the time. You know, at first they kind of evaded the first set of people trying to come and get them. But then what actually ended up happening was Andrew came back after this is after he got stabbed up and everything. He came back and he ended up catching the, the platoon of the black folks that was trying to, you know, still get to new Orleans to set it off. And he ended up just like, you know, killing a lot of them. It was a lot of shooting, you know, the blacks at the time that were marching, they didn't have like a lot of artillery and all this other stuff. So, you know, they pretty much went through their rounds with the, the first group of the militia who they met, mm-hmm. but it wasn't enough to actually like overpower anybody. So what happened was they ended up having a retreat, they ended up having to run into swamps trying to get away from these, you know, these white people that were going to pretty much kill him. They were hunted with bloodhounds. And the dude that actually led it, Charles DeLon, they actually ended up catching him not too long after because this this thing only ha- only lasted, what, two, two, three days at most. Damn. But, um, yeah, they ended up catching him somewhere in the swamp in order to make an example of him. you know, they chopped his hands off and they burnt him in like a a haystack and everything like that. That was like his punishment. There were a lot of people that were killed when they ran into the the black militia forces, they killed them on site. And for the other people who they caught, they were trying to figure out like, you know, are we going to put them back in in slavery or, or are we going to, you know, make an example out of them? And in Louisiana, I believe there's this place called Jackson Square. And what had happened was the enslaved people who were caught, they were found guilty and what they did was they ended up decapitating all these black people and putting their heads on spikes that would be set down for dog. miles and miles. Yeah, it was dog, pretty dark. And and they wanted to set dog. an example to say, like, this is what happens when you try to rebel. I set an this.
5: example you niggas can't do that. You niggas can't right. do that to us. So
2: Right. And um pretty much the reason why I chose this moment in black history was because I believe that sometimes there are not enough stories shared about like how and when enslaved African Americans tried to rebel against slavery. I mm-hmm. feel like I feel like if I'm not a killer, but don't push me was a person or a moment like this would actually be it. Love that. And I feel like this story needs to be told because this is something that just shows how upset black people were with slavery and they they had enough, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I just wanted to point that out as like one of my moments because I feel like yeah, that's like when you reach your breaking point and I can I'm 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 remiss that they haven't reached a, br- a breaking point years ago. You know that's when nice. slavery first started, but you see, I plug that. It's nice, but um, yeah. But like better. I said, that's that's,
5: that's it's okay.
2: I did it though. Um, but yeah, I'm. That's the that's the moment that I wanted to point out.
3: Okay, nice. nice.
5: Yo, yeah, I want to piggyback on that, bro. I think that that's really really amazing that you pointed out that rebellions did occur in our past, and
2: it wasn't mm-hmm. like and we don't talk about it that often. Well, it's not that we don't talk about it that often I never heard of this one Well, well, it's not a lot that that even happened I mean, you have Nat Turner You know, Nat Turner had a a, a way more influential rebellion There were a lot of
5: rebellions But what I just want to drive home is that There's no complacency with that condition At no point were black people ever complacent with being enslaved Mm -hmm. You know, so to think that rebellions didn't happen You'd be remiss OK, that has been going on for a really long time in a lot of different places during, um, you know, that time in history. Um, but thank you so much for highlighting that one. And uh, along with yes. Nat Turner, who also didn't mm-hmm. want to live that life no more. And because of that, yeah. you just had facts. to rebel. It was either that or die.
1: That's facts, facts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
5: So that's my
2: moment.
1: Beautiful. Um, thank you for sharing. Word, yeah. facts. All right, uh, the moment up. of
5: history that I wanted to share, uh, it occurs after Flash's moment of history. Um, for those who don't know, Spewgard is big into agriculture and farming. So I chose the impact of my jet good, jet. Uh, the ancestor George Washington Carver and his impact in agriculture, um, the world um, in, in the 1800s. So for those who don't know, uh, George Washington Carver is a um, scientist, artist. He's basically a renaissance man. And George Washington Carver changed agriculture with his studies that he did in the South. So he was born into slavery, very young, him and his mother and his sister were kidnapped. And when the slave masters who owned him sent, I don't know what they would call them, I'd say a bounty hunter to go find them, they only found George, they didn't find his mother or his sister. So he lost his mother and his sister at a young age and was brought back to the slave masters who owned him. They taught him how to read and write. When he learned how to read and write, He was also a sickly kid, so he spent more time inside and he became more familiar with plants and growing food and things of that nature. So he became the plant doctor because he learned so much about it. He was fascinated by nature. So he would teach other people in the neighborhood and community that he lived in how to grow food and how to take care of plants. His slave master understood that he had a talent. and He was really gifted. So they sent him away to school. They sent him... Ten miles away, he had to go walk a ten mile journey to get education at this school. From there, he got educated and he became a local legend. Where you know they would come to him for information about what he knew because he was so he was so smart. Mm-hmm. He was reached out to by Booker T. Washington. I'm not sure if you guys know who Booker T. Washington is, but Booker T. Washington yeah. is an influential uh, character, an oh, influential icon in our legacy as Black people. So he founded an
3: abolitionist, sir, an abolitionist.
5: He's an abolitionist. For sure. Abolitionist, yes, he is. nigga. Yes, he is. I said, I said, For right. Sure. I I said it right.
2: Abolitionist. No, no you, Abol- said it, you, you said it wrong. Did. Abolitionist,
3: yeah. I said abolitionist. Abolitionist. Yeah. Okay. It would be remiss if
5: Flash didn't correct you. You know he would be the one to let you know that you fucked that up.
2: <laughs> Definitely. No, I did. I, I said abolitionist, nigga. I know what it is. No, no, right? no yeah. I, said, he did. I said he would oh. be the one to correct him. Oh, of course, of course. Oh,
5: okay. Yeah, so at that time, my man Booker T. Washington reached out to uh, George Washington Carver. He said, yo, I want you to come work with me at this university. He said, I got this university. It's the first African-American university in this country. I want you to come here and I want you to work with us. Mm -hmm. He said, I want you to teach our people how to get out of our economic condition. And that's what he did. He dedicated his life to Tuskegee, right? So George Washington Carver goes to Tuskegee and he sets out a mission to help our farming industry. And what he does Mm -hmm. is he institutes what's called crop rotations. So in the South, In the farming industry, cotton was the primary source, right? But what Mm -hmm. cotton does, it depletes the soil of its nutrition. So what George Washington Carver implemented was rotating crops. And he suggested that one year you plant cotton, another year you plant peanuts. Because peanuts are high in nitrogen, and nitrogen gives it back to the soil. That's what you need in order to make a compost heap. You need nitrogen, and you need carbon. And those two things create life, microorganisms. That's what Mm -hmm. he implemented. So by doing so, peanuts became a primary product that farmers would produce. And he's like, we got all these fucking peanuts. What are we going to do with all of these peanuts? So he he went to go meditate on it. So George Washington Carver, he goes to the to the, to the the local forestry. He goes talk to the ancestor and he reaches out. He says, can you help me with this? He said, no, nah, I can't help you with this. He said, it's too big of a task. You need to focus on the small tasks. Well, can you help me understand the peanut? He says, yeah, I can help you with that. That sounds like something you can handle. So in that conversation that he had, he wound up coming up with 300 plus ideas on ways to use peanuts, yes. right? Yes. So it's not just George Washington Carver known for making peanut butter. You know, he came up with the method and approach to use it in a constructive, real kind of way. You could use mm. it to make paint. You could use also not even just peanuts, but also sweet potatoes and other just root vegetables that would allow the soil to become more fertile. So- mm. I wanted to share that information with you all. If you weren't aware of wow. George Washington Carver's input, that's how he helped um farmers in the South get their crops back in order and re- revitalize that industry so they can actually make some profits because so. he was a humanitarian. He was there for his people, not just his people, but all people, black and white people. That's what was really dope about George Washington Carver. He didn't have any family. So his life was dedicated to humanitarian activities. That's, so that's dope. What you,
3: wow. you consider that right. A movement right there. On, oh, for sure, uh, George Washington, Barbara? For was, sure, one hundred percent. What kind of movement would you say it was? Like a, um, an agricultural movement? For in sure, black history?
5: because not at that sure. point in time, that was the main resource for making money. There was no black businesses gotcha. outside of making cotton. Like right. there was nothing for us, you it. know. And there was it was impoverished conditions for us because all we had was that trade. We came wasn't from the even industry It was his, exactly. But that was our skill set. That was what we knew how to do well. And that's why this is such a monumentous movement because he allowed that transition to move along in a better way for Black people.
1: Yeah. Wow. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, man. That's deep. Um, Very deep. I have a question for you. How did you know that he went into like the forest to like meditate and he got those answers from the ancestors? Because I think that that is really powerful that we were so connected because that was the same thing for Harriet Tubman too. Mm. And that spoke volumes for me because we get to be connected to what created us or what what's connected to us, like the ancestors or whatever. So where'd you get that from? Because it was depicted I, in the movie for her. Was there a movie about George Washington Carver? So Palmer?
5: in researching this episode, because I want to make sure I bought as much facts as possible, I watched a couple of YouTube videos. And the uh-huh. last YouTube video that I watched was comments from people who actually knew him, like who, who could document their experience by, you know, knowing what it was like to be around George Washington Carver. Ooh. And they shared that story that he Ooh. shared with them. And one really amazing thing about George Washington Carver is that he didn't have any kids, right? So he mentored so many people while he was at Tuskegee teaching them how to grow food. Like people would reach out to him so they would send him letters and he would read the letters at night and dream on it. And then when he would wake up in the morning, he would have answers for those for those questions that the people wow. would send him in wow. the mail. That's right? so
1: connected.
5: Yeah, so they would call him father and he would and he would he would respond calling them his children. You know, because that was his purpose. That was what he
1: lived for.
5: And he he died working at Tuskegee. He didn't do anything else. He also had opportunities to work with Henry Ford, because Henry Ford at that time made Ford product vehicles. And he, Henry Ford, would come visit George Washington Carver to get knowledge from him. You know, Henry Ford liked George Washington Carver so much that in his older age, as he was, you know, unable to walk into his apartment, he had Henry Henry Ford had them build an elevator for him. So that in his on his campus in Tuskegee, there's an elevated there because he looked out for him like that. That's that's how much he mm. fucked with him. But yeah, I'm am complete if y'all complete. That's
2: that's my man George. Uh, that's, George. that's fire. That's fine. Awesome.
5: Okay. Thank
1: you. That was beautiful. So I'm gonna GW. go next. Um, what was your time frame, Mash?
5: Oh, I'm I'm here. I'm rocking and rolling.
1: No, no, what was no. your time frame of what you just shared about George Washington? Oh, my Congress? bad. I thought I had to cut time <laughs> off time. My
2: fault. It ain't about um, you, King. It ain't about you. It's not about <laughs> I, you. I, I, I misunderstood.
1: I misunderstood. I would be remiss
5: okay, if I didn't think I it was about me. My bad. Who else? Oh, my God. About? You are
1: already at seven points right now. Now you, we you at eight. You don't have to use the word It anymore. Was at 18. No, 18. I just Bravo. added that one. I just added G-man. that one. So you're killing it. Cut him off. you lucky I got food, bro. You're lucky I'm eating. Out of control.
3: He's out of control. I want to win so bad. So
2: what was the time frame again?
1: Sorry.
5: 1896.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm going to take it all the way to 2009 now. Because Mm. I feel (laughs) like. Everybody everybody get
2: back in the time machine. Get back in the time machine. Hot
1: tub time machine
2: (laughs) to the future. We're back in the sophisticatedly
1: ratchet time machine. And I'm taking you guys back to 2009. And I'm just, I'm sharing a moment that was important to me as a Black woman, um, as a Black person. So in 2009, Barack Hussein Obama became the 44th president of the United States of America. And...
0: Got to clap for my man. Right. That's definitely an accolade. Facts. It Talk is an accolade, it. and I
1: know a lot of people and a lot of black people First. are like, "Oh, he didn't do anything for black people," and da, da da da. But to me, it was a real accomplishment for us to have a black president. Period. I don't the care actual, that he's half white.
0: Actual leader of the country, a black man. That was a fact. Correct it was a statement. We saw him. That was that. That was the symbol. Yeah, I mean, like Superman, but you know what I mean? Minus the Kate. That was Barack.
1: But no, I agree. And so, exactly to your point, Boogie, the reference for that is the Black Panther movie. Like, it's hard for our kids to see themselves in a role when they haven't seen that. So if you don't see yeah. your 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 people playing uh, Superman and Batman and Spider-Man, yeah. but you see the Black Panther and you're like, oh, I can do that. I feel like Obama did that, too, for our little boys yeah. and little girls that were black.
0: Like, like young senators, young people starting to get into politics, just business in general. I feel like he was just good energy just to see live, like, yeah, living proof that it can be done. But anyway, sorry, I gonna interrupt.
5: I don't mean to cut you off, TJ, but just to add- Also, older people. My grandma was touched so deeply when Barack Obama became president. My grandma, 92. She 92. Mm -hmm. So she lived through so much, you know, so Mm -hmm. even like kids can appreciate it. But even more so for older people.
1: Yes.
0: Like people probably waiting for that for like a long time when you think about it. Like we probably take it for granted. But, you know, older generations, like especially the ones that kind of work harder for voting rights. That's probably has more significance to them than Maybe the younger generation, you know?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I was going to talk about that. So um, I remember voting. So my moment was being online with my bestie. I love you, bestie. We've shared so many amazing moments together. And I remember Mm -hmm. we were really nervous to vote for Obama. He was against Hillary Clinton. And it was like, do I choose a woman, a white woman, you know, or do I choose a black man? And it was a difficult choice, but I was all for the black man, even though he was half black, whatever, because people were like, oh, he not full black. And his name is Hussein. And who, who named somebody Barack Obama? Like, what is that? Like, I was just really so proud. many distractions, very a lot. That's exactly what it was, Boogie. It was a distraction. But I remember feeling a myriad of uh, feelings. <laughs> I was. Happy that, you know, a black man made it this far. I was also a little bit scared. I was like, are they going to kill him? Are they going to kill his family? He has two little girls. You know, he has a beautiful black wife that's educated and like they yeah, were I like I didn't even think about some shit like that.
0: That's crazy. That came it up for us. We were
1: nervous. Yeah, I remember me and Mo talking about it. We were like, yeah. I'm nervous that he may yeah, die. I don't want them him. to assassinate him mm-hmm. like they did Martin Luther King and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That came up for me. We were scared doing that. And I had been, so Mo and I at the time in two thousand nine we were twenty five. Don't do our age or whatever. But anyway, I had never voted mm. prior to that. You're able to vote at eighteen mm. years old, and I never felt connected to our history. And I joined the military at seventeen. I should have been voting because those things were affecting me as a soldier. Mm. Um, but I never felt connected to our our politics mm. until he became president. And I was like, Mo, this is the first the first time I ever voted was at 25 because it was Barack Obama. And now I feel a little bit more connected to politics because of him. And so that was a moment for me. Um, he served two terms. He uh, was preceded by George W. Bush and then succeeded by uh, the orange man. And what else do I want to share about that? But that was my moment. And that's all I want to share with you guys. Yo. I'm completely. I'm going piggy- to piggyback
0: on that. Nah, shout Go out ahead. to Voldemort. That's a good moment nah. for you. Yo, shout out, out to for that.
3: that year. I ain't going to hold you that year right there when Barack Obama was running for president. I was Mm -hmm. Barack Obama all the way. I had all the Mm -hmm. shirts and stuff like that. But I'm wondering, like, what election you voted in when you were voting Hillary against Barack Obama and shit? Um, Because that was the (laughs) primary. You you vote in the primaries and shit?
1: So, no, no, no. I remember having to... So not 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 for president. I, I take that back. It was not mm. for president. But when I had to choose, who did I want to like represent us as a Democrat oh, for, primary for Democrats? She, she, Primaries, she, she, yes. She, she, that's not not mm. president. But you know what I'm saying. Like I had to yes. make a choice. Like is it a woman or is it going to be Barack Obama? So yeah, mm. thank you for mm. uh, checking that. And then I also so want to say I can never forget his slogan, and it was "Yes, we can." It gave me so mm. much pride. Yes, it, it did. was that. Yes, Word. we can that's do this. A you know? yeah. Whoa, that's, that's a million dollar so, slogan. That's
3: a million dollar slogan. Whoever penned that.
1: Yes, we can. Bible. I'm going to keep mine boy, short boy, and yes, sweet. Yes, he
0: did. Technically, if you want to put it like that. He but sure anyway,
1: did. He we sure did. did. We did. He sure did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can. And we did.
4: Yeah. Mine is in the same era because it's, it's about um, Barack Obama. In and in a moment in black history for me was his inauguration. That was really a big deal. and I don't think people realize how big of a deal that was. You know, obviously we know he was the first black president and to see like, and people talked about that. I believe it was Jesse Jackson talked about like, you know, being there. I, I want to say that in 2009, it was 1.8 million people at his inauguration in 2013. It was 1 million people at his inauguration. He had the most people at his inauguration by a landslide compared to the rest of the president's. Who served the, the United States? Um, Even we all white know, people
0: recognize how like right. We monumental all know this we, was
4: exactly. We all know that the like orange, they
0: built the system that they've been like we've been correct. fighting against, and this man rose to the top anyway.
4: Exactly. We all know the orange idiot tried to say, "Oh, how he had the most, but he didn't. He had between maybe like three hundred to um,
1: six hundred thousand, I believe." I love you for bringing out numbers. I love yes. that queen. I love that queen. <laughs> Bring out the numbers. Bring out the stats. Yes, I'm going to actually no t- fake news. Oh, no, 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 mm. no fake news I mean, it's, with, with
0: that guy, it's like, he tried to argue his own citizenship. Like, he wasn't even a citizen. So, it's like, I don't even... Like,
4: exactly. It said that he that had guy. about three hundred to 600,000, the orange guy. But, and that's why I want to talk about it. Because it's like, even with his presidency, like, you couldn't even get off Barack Obama's dick. Like, you were exactly. so... You know, like, that's how, that's how great black people are. And that's what I'm trying to say. You, you're supposed to be running the country. Why are you worrying about the ex-president? because he was so fucking phenomenal and you wanted to be like him so much and you couldn't. You couldn't hold a candle to his ass. And right. that's why I think you, it's like you had a hard-on for him. And mm-hmm. that's a testament Ooh. to black people and, and how he rock.
0: And his failed presidency only lasted two years. And, so right. It's like, and I think yeah, the
4: inauguration, I like, like I said, that was a point where people can actually go you know, go down to DC and really just live in that moment. And it was, it, it brought up so much for a lot of people who was there. People cried. Mm-hmm. Like I've actually saw this in my lifetime, a black man, um, you know, becoming president and everything like that. And I would be remiss too. I want to talk about this, this part of Barack as well. Um, he also showed us him and his wife, Michelle Obama showed us what black love is. Uh, Show yes, us Mom, what love, good. what love, love, what black love looked like married couple beautiful children. And a lot of time we didn't get to see that in society. We didn't get to see a black happy couple and they didn't hide that from anybody. And I appreciated that so much because that let me know that, yo, this is real. Like love is really real and black love is real. And just to see that made me so happy to know that you I believe in this and I know that this could happen. Because a lot of times they never showed us that. And I wonder why.
5: We touched on that earlier about representation, mm-hmm. how important superheroes are. This is just how important that type of family household dynamic family is.
4: Family household, exactly. You know, like to show that's, that the, that's so mm-hmm. important,
5: you know, like to show on that TV
0: well, and all that. We're portrayed as is monsters. We don't know what we're doing, but it's not like that, obviously.
4: That both mother and father are there. Not only that, Michelle. Obama's mother was there, so even the grandmother right. in the household, and how they were a family unit. And I appreciate that so much. And I just think, really, that um, Wait, the inauguration was a big.
5: Sorry, mm-hmm. we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Michelle specifically. Yeah, oh no,
4: I'm still. Right. I'm going like, to. Right. I,
5: I, Go ahead, my fault, my fault, my fault.
4: No, go ahead, go ahead, mash No, Go ahead, say what you, go ahead. I'll jump on, I'll nah, come back on. I don't really got nothing you to say. Just I, just to again, okay. I just wanted yes. to use remiss again. I
5: just wanted to use remiss. <laughs> that <laughs> was it. Yo, bro. Dude, we knew.
0: Bro. No <laughs> point for that. No point for <laughs> that. He right. you know, use it use right. It no right. point. No point. Right. I, no. right. I use it right every time. No. Right. I use it. Right.
3: I use it right. like, so
5: just every to see. Snake trying to draw a foul. James Harden in this motherfucker. Y'all better change the rules.
4: Just to see, um, you know, the black love. And of course, we all know Michelle Obama was very educated. I'm um, very involved, and to see that too—that you know, she held her family down with riding for her husband, and never, as she always say, when they, when go, they low, go low, we go, you high. go high, right? And she stood by, she stood by that, and um, for me, like I said, that was a moment in black Black history, a moment in time. So, I'm complete. Okay.
0: definitely shout out to Michelle Obama. I don't like, I don't think I've listened to a lot of her just speeches and overall, but I did mm-hmm. kind of watch her. In terms of how she carries herself, very, very mm-hmm. proud, very strong. The swag that Obama has, I could like, like, I could tell how great of a just support just mm-hmm.
1: yeah. you gotta read her book, Becoming. It's amazing. I, I've
0: not read a book, but I feel like I should look into that. But no, I just like I've always watched Obama just visually. Like looking at Obama, his family, the way his like he carries himself, the way his daughter's carrying himself. Like there's always been a respect, honor, and he never like I don't look at him as someone that took it for granted, took it seriously. And he was just always on his shit. So I respect him um, and his wife and his family. Anyway.
3: Okay. Yeah, I'm complete. okay. Next. okay. Oh, you complete? Uh, it's, it's, it's my shade. turn? It's my turn? Okay. Yeah, I think I'm sleeping. All right. I apologize. I I'm, I'm, I'm not asleep. I'm awake. I'm listening to everybody. But it's just my eyes. They just feel better closed. But listen. So I am going to do my moment in history. <laughs> so my moment in history Why did you do an evil is- laugh? You know, yeah. <laughs> my moment in history is um my man Colin Kaepernick man like I want to talk about my man Colin Kaepernick taking the knee All right? and it's been it was, it''s a, it's been a long journey for my guy and you know if you watch it on the news when did when when did he take know, the
5: knee when did he take the knee i don't remember twenty sixteen
3: How... my guy the it started in the preseason of twenty sixteen and um you know they make it seem like this was some sort of a like Nice cool like a cool journey for him. Um, actually he didn't he didn't originally start this taking the knee. He originally started it as not standing up for the um national anthem. Mm. Um and it started in the preseason of twenty sixteen. And he was actually he was actually protesting police brutality and this was pretty much off the heels of two murders. Which were um which was Alton Sterling and Fernando Castile. Mm-hmm. and those were this that's the reason why he started it that year, the whole um sitting protest after he had met what what he had actually said, and I quote like this week when the when the reporter actually saw him because for the first two or three games where he was sitting down, nobody really noticed it, and then somebody then a reporter noticed it, and then you know asked him a question about it, and he said, and I quote. That I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people. And then he also stated that there are bodies in the street and people are getting paid leave and getting away with murder. So Mm. these are the reasons, you know, why he decided to do the um his protest, his silent protest against, you know, um police brutality. Um but he actually met with a um a former Green Beret and an ex football player named Nate Voyer. He told him that you know, maybe there's a better way that he could do it where he could still show respect to the um to the military and continue his protest. And that's why he started the whole knee thing. That he started to take the knee. He originally sat down, then he started to take the knee. And the first time he did that was September first, twenty sixteen. And following that game, he donated a million dollars to a few charities that promoted um dealing with racial issues in America. So, I don't know if you know, but after 2016, Colin Kaepernick pretty much lost his job, right? And mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick was out of work for a while, right? And then the whole thing sparked sparked up again in 2018, right? The whole thing sparked up again in 2018 with the whole NFL, and this is the movement that I was talking about right here. In 2018, the whole league they made a rule against taking the knee and saying that they were gonna find players and the players responded by a bunch of them just start taking the knee. Teams were taking the knee. Can, and this can I transcended jump on that? different sports. Yeah, once let me just finish this part. No, hey, not do anything brother. And then you go ahead, this transcended different sports. This was they were doing it in basketball, football, soccer. It was a it was a protest that we all could get in, that all of the players could get involved in and show solidarity in. And that's why I thought it was like a great black moment. Which I wanted to um, present to you, that which I wanted to tell you guys. Also, what, what, what did you want to ask on um, Boogie, right
0: quick? I know nah, that was dope shit, shake, and I wanted to like, like jump on the fact that like in 2016 when he first took that knee, there uh-huh. was a lot of outrage, and it was because the people were trying to frame it as if he did not have respect for the national anthem, absolutely, but not paying attention at all to the fact that he was saying, hey, you know, my our people are being murdered under having you respect should. for this national anthem. So how can exactly. you, how can we preach freedom for all when there's clearly people that are not getting that freedom and no one wanted to pay attention to that. Like people were focused on everything else other than what he was trying to shut kind of up and do your job. job,
5: shut up and do your job.
1: And it's <laughs>
0: like, you know, it, you can't have it both ways where you have someone yo, pretending yo. to kind of be equal to it when it's like, yo, he don't believe in it. So, you know, it it, it was yeah. fascinating to see how people just distracted from what he was just trying to communicate. Exactly. It was a non-violent uh, form of protest. protest. I need to also be very mm-hmm. clear: it he was not teaching any sort of hate. He wasn't teaching any sort of uh, disrespect for any sort of organizations or people. He was mm-hmm. simply saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know, we're, we're being murdered. This is just my stance on showing yeah, exactly like a non-violent protest." I don't, you know what I'm and trying to a, mean, but he wasn't. He meant no harm. Met the no amount heart.
3: of outrage it caused was was like it, yeah. it and thank you for bringing that up, um boogie, because it would be remiss not to bring up the amount of um of outrage that you are never going to catch 'em and how they yeah and how they strayed away from the um I know. <laughs> I
0: <didn't straight> away.
5: <laughs>
3: not like that I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have like to remiss that. this shit I'm going to have to remiss this bitch it's a cool down, period. It's a, a cool down period it's a cool down period for a reason until they and change i, the I, I mean, it's I mean, like change man, the miss it miss definitely miss. took an L in
0: terms of him just like just taking the knee and I feel like that you know to this day I feel like he should Bags. I don't Bags. I, I can't speak for the NFL and policy procedures but I do feel like but, they like the way the NFL handled him could have been handled better
1: in terms can of we money. end it though? Um, uh, Shay, can you say what happened in the end? Like he ended up winning so, a lawsuit so the, the, against so NFL. So in the
3: end, he did. He did, well, did he win a lawsuit? Okay, yes, he I, did. Maybe, they, and oh, he, he can't talk lawsuit. about it.
1: Okay, he okay. I, he cannot talk about the amount that he that they settled for. They settled. He can't talk remember about his passion
0: is playing football, and that was like he didn't want to sacrifice that to like do the protest. Like that's why he did that non-violent version of it. I mean, so. Like I'm sorry, go ahead, Shre.
3: No, the right now, right now, so right I'm t I am I when when you was gonna say how it finished, I was gonna say right now, you know, Colin Kaepernick is doing Nike commercials and stuff like that mm. now. But he had a whole long journey. It wasn't it wasn't a smooth journey between him taking the knee and him being recognized the way he is now. This struggle was going on for him for about four years. He was he out was of a job, ridiculed, yeah. isolated. Nobody
0: was fucking with him. Like, people wouldn't show Word. support for him, even though they kind of understood what he was four doing. Yeah, you know I mean? It yeah. was, that was that tough. That they
3: shut him down. They wouldn't hire him. And the thing is, this is a Super Bowl-quality quarterback. The motherfucker took his team to the Super Bowl twice, and, they, and they wouldn't Bro. hire him, which is
0: Bro. ridiculous. Yo, oh, shit. And you know what's crazy? Like, I know I'm jumping forward in time, but, like, the protest that took place- when the pandemic hit. It's like, now we, it's like at that time, that's when people started to see like, yeah, his approach, that's when exactly. y'all should have listened. That's when y'all motherfuckers should have listened. Cause now, exactly. with the like the death that that year. Now they looting. You
3: know what I'm yeah, saying? We, ain't, we
0: not taking it. we not taking the knee this and time. That's, that's why that moment was so important. Because it's like, we tried to be nice.
3: Mash, what you have mm-hmm. to say, bro?
5: Nah, I was going to say like the fact that Kaepernick taking the knee, it was so like, it was so in your face. Like, the reason why he's doing it is, is very straightforward. The fact that mm-hmm. you are against it says so much about you. Like it says sure, exactly. so much about exactly. you. And in hindsight, exactly. now we can look back at those people and, like, look at you. Now we all agree that you stupid because you shouldn't have mm-hmm. made this a thing. This, like, this could have been a conversation instead of ruining this man's livelihood. Mm-hmm. You know? Can I like also that, say something?
1: Go ahead. I, I don't feel wait, were you complete, Mash? I don't want to cut yeah, you. Yeah,
5: yeah, I'm complete. Nah, I'm
1: complete. I don't complete. feel like it ruined his livelihood because I feel like this was his journey. And I encourage you guys if you mm-hmm. haven't watched his Netflix special to watch his Netflix I loved it. special. Yeah, black this is and white his, we're This black. is a part of his we're journey. And it doesn't it. talk about, you know, a lot about him taking the knee too much. It just talks about his journey. And I do think that his purpose was bigger than fucking football, believe mm. it or not, you right. know he was adopted by yeah. white parents. did you guys know that mm-hmm.
3: yeah 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 uh-huh yeah, so and he had all he had all the opportunities afforded to him if you watch the show, they gave him every like he he, yo, he was he trained with like celebrity coaches, everything. He was on all the teams. Yo, they really, I'm not going to say exploited his natural abilities, but they really helped him. Supported him. They helped him. That's what white they parents do to, to their children, though. his natural abilities. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he was I don't really know good at talk. it. Is it just white
5: parents or that's what people can afford it to do for their children? Yeah, I'm about to say, black parents yeah, got just as much love parents,
1: for their children w- as
0: well. They'd do the same thing if they could. Like but what? there's a lot
1: of black parents, like, say, for instance, like, in, in the inner city, right? You did not have enough the money Ron to buy sneakers. You know, well, a lot of
0: rich people's children. You didn't, a lot
1: of parents didn't have the money to send them to, you know, like the top schools or buy them sneakers right. or pay for their jerseys and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm just saying, you know, his parents were able that's, to afford. That's
5: all resource, not race. You're yeah. right.
1: You're right about that. I take that Absolutely. back. But I do feel like his. Purpose was bigger than football. His purpose mm-hmm. was to bring awareness, and so I know he mm-hmm. thought that he was going to be this football player his whole life, and yep. but it brought him to exactly where he is now. And I'm happy yeah. that he settled, and you know he's bigger than right. football, and I'm proud yeah, of he's him. He's definitely bigger that. than
0: football now, no yeah, doubt fact, about it. You right about definitely that? He became
3: that. the face of a movement, hundred percent. Oh get, yeah, yeah. Shout outs to Colin Kaepernick for becoming the face of a movement. Shout that out boogie Cap. is now going to oh, start. One of boogie the face is of the now going to start talking yeah. about because he we about to segue into boogies movement.
0: Go ahead, bro. All right, y'all. So, uh, yes, uh, let me go ahead and just get right to it.
3: Uh... Fuck the moderator. I moved on.
0: <laughs> Say less. Say less, bro. All right, so I'm going to just go right into it. The COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic in the United States is part of the worldwide pandemic of the coronavirus <laughs> disease going on. In terms of pandemics, this is currently the deadliest one in U.S. history. Thinking back to when we first heard about this in 2019 and 2020, Regardless of the skepticism, the initial reaction and handling from the government, especially for the, the former President Donald Trump, the corona, coronavirus was something that grew so fast, spread so quickly that the entire U.S. government ordered all states to stay at home, shutting down businesses and essentially changing and transforming our way of life now that we had to stay indoors. Everyone more or less had to take this seriously. Uh, there were so much things that we had to worry about. Our rent, how are we going to work? Can we get unemployment? How does this virus work? The former president dead ass going on national TV advising that ultraviolet light and disinfectant injection as a possible effective alternative to the virus. I don't know if y'all remember that shit. That That was a fact. That was a fact. That was crazy. That happened. That Um, happened. um, Like the way parents, homeowners, private businesses, teachers, children, how are they going to go on? There was so much to tackle all at once. Planet Earth had a lot of ish to deal with. Now I'm saying all of that because I forgot about racism. Uh, I forgot about the current and ongoing struggles at that time that we as a culture, as a collective go through. Mm -hmm. I was concerned about the, you know, that type of lifestyle, the new day of life. Now that I was at home, I was concerned about the virus, my friends, my family, and overall unknown of what tomorrow would look like. And I speak for myself only. Uh, I completely understand if this doesn't apply to you, but I don't blame you as well if it does because of the sheer amount of things that were kind of forced upon us uh, around that time. Now, on February 23rd, 2020, Ahmed Marquez Arbery, a 25-year-old black man, was murdered in Satilla Shores, a neighborhood near Brunswick in Glen County, Georgia. Arbery was jogging when three white men decided to pursue him, Travis McMichael and his father, Gregory, who were armed in one vehicle, and their neighbor, William Roddy Bryan, who was in another vehicle, and recorded the pursuit and shooting on his cell phone. After the three chased Arbery for several minutes and falsely imprisoned him, Travis McMichael got out of his truck and assaulted Arbery with a shotgun then shot him three times as Arbery attempted to defend himself. We know this case. I could go on with the details, the cover-up, overall delay of the crime being reported, investigated, and handled, how long, how much effort it took just to get it to trial during the pandemic period. But what I want to point out, you know, the fact is, before I heard about it, before I read about it, I forgot how potent and consistent racism is as a whole, like, continues to be. Like, his death... You know, that moment was a reminder to never forget. Like in 2019, 259 people reportedly were killed by police in the United States. Just 259 Black people were just killed by police in the United States. Just that fact. And I said earlier that I forgot about racism. And I think about like how society throws things at us and and, and I guess made me kind of forget or made me lose track of that. I remember after Arbery's death watching that video and I hear like I would watch the version with the shot going off. And like me, myself, I immediately started thinking about Emmett Till for some reason. And just to give you a brief snap on Emmett Till, Emmett Louise Till was a 14-year-old African-American who was lynched in Mississippi in 1955 after being accused of offending a white woman in a family's grocery store. The Brutality of his murder and the fact that his killers were acquitted drew attention to the long history of violent persecution of African-Americans in the United States at that time. Now, he died in 1955. I'm not going to explain why I was thinking about him in particular when I watched the Arbery video. And to be honest with you, I don't think it matters. His death was in 1955 in Till. Arbery's death was in 2020. That moment for me was a big fat fuck you to every person of color, especially in light of the current situation that we're in and like the current pandemic and just the things that we've gone through overall. I say that again, because of the fact that it's a pattern you can see, like there are, it was a, clear, easy to understand message, regardless of black doctor, black judge, black president or no pandemic or no world shutdown or no racism, that energy, that mindset, that same mindset that was probably present back in 1955. Emmett Till was probably is alive and well in 2020. Now I have some names that I want to kind of give off and just show you some things. Eric Gardner, his death, July 7, 2014, Michael Brown, His death, August 9th, 2014. Tamir Rice, his death, November 22nd, 2014. Philando Castile, his death, July 16th, 2016. Rihanna Taylor, her death, March 20th, 2020. George Floyd, his death, May 25th, 2020. Mm. Racism has been the most consistent, like, I, I don't like pandemics. I understand. I get it worldwide. Shut down, shit, whatever. But I think about racism and the fact that it's just year after year after year after year for decades upon centuries, just of the same mindless killing, and it's it's a pattern at this point. Um, sorry, I'm so serious when I do. I just want to say that racist America is one of the most consistent things that we've had and still have to deal with. Breonna Taylor was murdered nearly a month after Arbery. George Floyd was murdered two months after that. Every single person I mentioned, the hundreds of thousand people that I have not mentioned they all have unique stories and just all deserving time reflection in the morning but i just want to point out that the pattern was there when i watched that video it was a reminder to never forget boogie don't fucking matter what's going on the metaverse fuck it. It, it it's that pattern that energy is still there and you should never forget it um you know unemployment be, you know benefits being extended that was you know I, did, I still don't forget sports being back artists being able to tour and just get money again I don't forget about what's happening in the past. Even having a new president now, and our first Black female vice president, that's great, monumental, but I'm still not going to forget about what's going on in the past. I feel like that is the problem and that's why we've been having this pattern because there are things that happen to us and then we get complacent and we forget. Um, So yeah, that thats that was my moment. And I say that to also say that, you know, in terms of the actions I I've been trying to show since that moment, it's just in my own way, trying to like really show love to like, my brothers and sisters in terms of like really like when I say having no beef with people, you know, especially people of color, I really mean that. Like I don't have issues with people and I've realized how society has kind of made it to make me have issues with people when they're really not there. Got no issue to be looking at a brother or sister in the street like an enemy when it's like, like there's so many like hundreds of generations of examples why this should never be the case. And and I feel like, again, that video was just a reminder to me to never forget and to just keep that energy um, and mindset mm-hmm. going forward of never forgetting. So thank you all for kind of uh, listening to me. And I do, unfortunately, want to point out one last thing. On February 22nd of... I'm sorry, just one last fact, and then I'll, I'll keep it pushing. Right. But on February 22nd of this year, 2022, Amir Locke, a 22-year-old Black man, was killed during a raid by Minneapolis police officers. This raid was based off of a no-knock warrant, which is similar to the death of Breonna Taylor two years ago. Again, the pattern has always been there, and I think it's just important to never forget. So my question to the tribe and just to everyone listening, you know, team, did you ever forget? And if you did, what was your reminder? What was your moment?
3: Um, I, I didn't forget, but okay. you know, I, I want to, because you can't, you can't forget if you're Black in America, you got to remember, you know what I'm saying? Because these are the type of conversations you have to have with your children. And you know one thing that i I distinctly remember about twenty twenty what a protest bro like that was the movement for me was the protest is mm. the fact that we protested in all fifty states that year within those first those first two months I felt at that moment I felt so proud. To be, I mean, besides all the looting and the carry and the carrying on,
5: the craziness that was going. Nah, on, fuck that, cosign that. Um, I'm with you, bro, bro. I'm proud of that shit. I'm proud niggas tore down, man, and I'm glad like before, niggas tore before down. We, the before we start district.
0: commenting on that, I think we all need yeah. to agree that the looting, quote unquote, was so nuanced and very. Remember, there were both sides trying to play it in terms of promoting yeah. absolutely. So don't we just talked absolutely. about the slave
5: rebellion yeah, I, we just absolutely. talked about the slave rebellion we talked about it like, I, I, like there are specific
0: ago. kind of things I'd like to point out like I remember there were some police stations that were kind of perk down I feel like those were appropriate images, no but rules. not like just Ain't random no looting of stories I remember the you police know, being Ain't in no
3: fear rules. bro they had to put blockades in front of the police station because they wasn't. They didn't know where the fucking next protest was going. Ahead. But remember, you, know what you what had some
0: police officers just going by and, and dressing up as as regular people, civilians, That's and right. trashing regular businesses, right. making it look about like that. they're civilians. There that. were people that did blackface, white people that did blackface, went out and committed crimes, and you know you can Google that and see it. Like people like were doing that in an in, in attempt to make it look like black people were doing the looting. That's why Understood. I think it's important to kind of understand how nuanced it was. It wasn't just. Black people were actually looting, white people were trying nah, to make niggas, it look like niggas
3: was definitely niggas was definitely stealing and shit. Like we was niggas, niggas definitely God. God. <laughs> got a <Mark> clear code <laughs> off for that. Niggas definitely got a
5: Montclair code <laughs> off for that trip. I ain't gonna hold you. I ain't gonna hold you. Niggas was <laughs> definitely is so Soho, coat a Montclair. TVs. I ain't gonna lie to all you.
1: kinds of shit. You. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Shit's does, real, man. But anyway, Shit's real. Will I will say. I just want to say. Revolution will not I want to say something really. I want to say something really quick on that is. Um. That moment was big for me, too. It was my moment in that, what you just shared, because you shared a lot. But that moment uh-huh. specifically for me was the George Floyd thing where mm-hmm. we were all sitting at home. Nobody was yeah, working. Thanks. Nobody was doing anything. So thanks. we were like, we had to watch, at watch. you know, like watch what was going on at the time. Exactly. And for me, it didn't really hit me. Because I I mean, yeah, you. we kept seeing it. It happened so often. It was like, oh, another guy got shot by the cops. Another guy got, mm-hmm. you know, abused and he died or whatever. But it really didn't hit me until I think I saw Tamika D. Mallory talk about Breonna Taylor as her sister. And I started to think to myself, like, George Floyd could have been any one of you guys. Nice. And Breonna Taylor could have been me and Mo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so instead of seeing... These people as like strangers, but because they're black, I have to see you as my brother, and I have to see you as my sister, and I want to ride for you because I hope that you would ride for me had this injustice happened to me and so now that's that's the way that I see it now, because of that moment um for me and i I just want to complete with that, so I'm done
0: hmm. i mean like I just want to also be clear when we talk about george floyd the, like don't get me wrong, the whole world saw that, but I think we need to be very clear on what the world saw. the world saw a man that was handcuffed pretty much with a, with a neck, a, a foot on his neck. This was a torture. This was a brutality. This was not like,
1: and they were found a, guilty, a, a
0: crazy black man, uh, going, shooting a bunch of kids or, or holding up a girl's shoes. No, nothing of the sort, regardless of what the crime was. Cause I understand it's a kind of, give a fuck. He was subdued and he was handcuffed. And I feel like the world just watching this, like, yo, like, remember, I don't know if everyone remembers those details. They put the camera on, um, the dude, Chauvin, sh- I believe in, he looked at the camera and was like, "Yo, you're on TV," and he still kept going. I feel like that was a kind of symbol to the world that there was a complete disconnect. Something was fucking wrong here. For some something like that just going in broad day, pandemic, Arbery. After that, so many black people that were just unjustly murdered, and it was just just had that on broad TV. That was like yeah, that like a, hurt like that on all hurt. fronts.
5: I just yeah. want to throw in this one. No people should go out like that. that. White, that was, black, green, whatever.
0: No one, one should go out like
5: that. One caveat about this whole instance that was really interesting for me was that the riots occurred in the heat of COVID. Like in the heat of COVID, right? And when this mm-hmm. happened for me, I thought to myself, oh damn, all these spirits is gonna die because of COVID. But nah, nah it's people bigger were than COVID, surviving. Bro. Like it's it was bigger, bigger than, COVID. than COVID, and that's what fucked me up. Because I was like, I expected mad people to be sick and dead because of COVID. But nah, COVID did not stop people from hitting the streets. It did not stop people from voicing how they feel about this outrageous. At at I went to my first you protest I mean? during that year. I, I was
0: masked up, but that did not stop too. the show. One hundred percent. Power
3: to the people.
0: I mean, I was prepared and I kept my distance. But uh, yeah, it did. COVID you know had I mean? nothing to do in terms. I want
4: to kind it. of talk about that because it was COVID, and i think we all got to see the joy george floyd sorry situation and everything go down i was going to say me and tj we went to like a protest and it was and it was kind of around i want to say it was around juneteenth i want to say and and we you know and just to see the collaborative of everyone coming together and this was and i think it was because like you said it was we're in a protest so you kind of have the time now to really and i think that's what hit everybody because it because everybody saw it we were all in one central location meaning kind of in a sense on the lockdown. So to see that, I think it resonated with so many people. And it was like, right. you know, like this, first of all, it's been unacceptable. But and remember, fact that-
0: Arbery's case wasn't exactly brought to child. Like his shit was still yeah. kind of uh, developing in terms of people finding out what the fuck happened going on. So right. it was so much things going on where then you know, for that moment, for everyone to see that in terms of everything else going on, pandemic, the yo. previous black deaths, et cetera, that was just the, the straw that broke the camel's back worldwide.
5: That was
3: an L that everybody took.
5: Did, you know, I-
3: you, don't, you don't agree that's an L during a protest. I I know I had um this one shorty I used to talk to. She said she um was in a protest and they took a knee for eight minutes and forty-six seconds. Like she said she was sitting there like, yo, in the moment as she was sitting there taking a knee for eight minutes and forty-six seconds, how much that shit hurt her knee. Because she was down there for so fucking long, son. Mm. That shit is a long time to be on somebody's fucking neck. It's a long time to be on your knees, bro. Mm-hmm. And, and for him to be on someone's neck for that amount of time, son, it, it, it's, it's crazy. That's one of the most heartless crimes
0: I've ever seen in my life. No child's it ever is. seen that. And he put like, that shit was on broad day. Not, broad not day. Like, secretive. He fuck. wasn't trying to hide it. My man was see? right there.
3: What's up? What's up?
0: And, and again, I feel like, like, it. again, the fuck up to that, of that, even seeing how the, like the, the, the police responded afterwards in terms of taking care of the body, there were just so much inaccuracies, just ways it could have been handled better. And the world saw it. The world saw how mishandled this, this, this man's life was being treated. So yeah. I feel like that was like, the, it just helped the cause for alarm. Everyone just had to get urgent on that. God forbid you in that situation. And it's like, is another thing I know that we don't talk about, but like had he survived, he was in cuffs. Y'all know he, where he was going, right? Prison. Mm-hmm. And we know prison ain't exactly heaven. Like Like right now with the pandemic, Like it's a, it's a, I don't say wild, wild jungle, but it's not safe for people in there as well. So I don't, even though he died, it's like, even if he lived, and if the police would have taken him back, I still feel like he would have been having a similar treatment. We just wouldn't have seen it. We'll never know. But anyway, we never know. But I just, I just remember that like, again, like it's, we talk about his death and I do agree that, you know, we should definitely stop the killings, but also think that we should also look at the prison systems and why these, like how these killings are taking place. Remember, they're trying to arrest us and put us in that box. So I do feel like we need to remember to keep attacking that box because prison is not helpful. Remember, if they'd have put Floyd in prison, it, not saying that it would have been worse than him being dead, but it, I don't think it would have been the best thing for him still. You know what I mean? Yeah. Eh, just saying prison is still bad in terms of it is. Fuck
2: it. No, I'm just glad, like, you know, in response to that, just how many protests took place even outside of U- the United States or whatnot. And I think it was it is a moment in time. You know, I think it's sad that people like George Floyd kind of have to be sacrificed for those moments. But I know that we still got a lot a lot of work to do as a nation to get to a point where racial tension is not as sensitive or I, don't, I don't not even know a what thing to call it right now. Just race I don't issue. think there's
1: no well, such thing.
0: Issue. I mean, there's still killings every year. And it's like, we just had one this month.
2: I feel like that energy is still here. I, I, just, I just think it's it's hard not to think about race relations. Once you see like a white cop kill a black dude, or you, you see a white anything kill any black person, it, It's it's hard to get out that mentality and not looking at it as, I ain't going to always say it's like race first, but sometimes like that's just what it seems. So I don't know. Every year, it's the same thing. We got one this year, similar to Brianna Taylor
0: two years prior. I mean, it's the patterns there. I feel like I'm not. It's not even about the feeling. It's just seeing the patterns. We have so much years of of history to look at. How many people have died, and just seeing how they died. And it's, the patterns there.
2: Yeah, but, but um, it sucks.
0: But that's what it is. That's what makes me feel like racism won't be going away because it's just no matter how we feel, we'll be saying that pattern is there.
2: Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's going nowhere. But yo, um, we could definitely I'm wrap this up positive. Uh I'm staying positive too. I I'm just I just don't think racism going away anytime soon. Like no time soon. not not I think not like not I try to
0: stay time. positive for my brothers and sisters, but I can't be stay positive in front of the people that's being racist. That's just me.
2: fair But yo, okay. tribe, we thank y'all for listening to this wonderful blackly black episode of Sophisticatedly yes, Ratchet, okay? Back. This was a long one. Yeah, th- this is going to be a two-part episode. I'm just letting y'all know that from now because uh, <laughs> this is this is long. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, yo, um TJ, can you like bring us out please?
1: Of course. Thank you, Chop, for listening to another episode of Sophisticatedly Ratchet. If you don't know you sophisticatedly ratchet, uh, do you code switch? If you code switch, you are sophisticatedly ratchet. <laughs> um, you can follow us on IG. That's the best way to keep in contact with us. We're at So Ratchet Podcast. We're also on YouTube if you want to see us visually on YouTube at So Ratchet Yay. Podcast. Come
5: look at this smile. Look at it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we're also
1: on. on TikTok at So Ratchet Podcast as well. We're gonna start putting out more content there and on Twitter. We're at So Ratchet Pod. Um, you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, where wherever you hear podcasts. My favorite is Spotify. Your favorite might be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, yeah, iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio,
2: Pandora, all that shit. Pandora, just Google us. Man, like we Googleable. Just Googleable. Just
5: Spotify, baby. Yes. Any platform. We out here.
1: Facts. Bust that booty, hole. Shut up. We yeah. have new episodes what? coming out every yo, Wednesday. Yo, we, all, we all only fans OnlyFans? <laughs> every Wednesday,
2: we only OnlyFans. Why he nah? Nah, you we all, got OnlyFans? fans
5: yo, y'all wanna yo, no. want to? I'm about to create one.
1: Some <laughs> no, we
3: said don't. said that. <laughs> that. Some chick said <laughs> she wants to see my HSD, fans. nigga. I'm about to start this OnlyFans. I can't Worried of only it? <laughs> so this gonna be ratchet style. All
5: right. All right. Yes. TJ, how are you? Let me just real quick. We, we'd yes. be all remiss us, if we didn't tell her total score. Because I really think... we're going to do that, but right. let me finish. Right. Can she right.
4: finish?
2: Uh, say less. Can
1: she finish? So disrespectful. She yes, she can.
2: yes, she can. Yes, she can. I can't. Enjoy um, this.
1: But you can listen to us every Wednesday. New episodes come out. And we also have a live uh, episode that we do every first Wednesday of every new month. Uh, so mm. March. First Wednesday of March. Make sure you check us out. We're going to be... Um, on YouTube, Um mm. and you can find our link in our website or on uh IG. Right. Peace out. And yeah, we
0: got that tally listed below. Match with the OG win. What, what like do you like to ask? He, he got six. Mm. I got like, I
1: got like no, eight. No, got like six. Eight. He, has, got like he eight. had eight. Like, mm. Mm.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, he won. Fuck it. <laughs> he dunked on us today on that word. Mm. But yeah, right. I think that is, uh is, I'm sorry. Philosopher, take us out.
2: No, nah, no, nah, that's all right, man. Yo, tribe. We appreciate y'all. Thank you. I Thanks I for her. listening. Right. Look,
3: God bless and good night. God bless.
2: <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Sophisticatedly Ratchet podcast. Let us know your thoughts on the episode. Do you agree? Disagree? Tell us how you really feel. Email us at therealsrpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We release new episodes every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Please be sure to subscribe and follow us on IG, Twitter, and YouTube. Go to SRPodcast.com to link to all our social media platforms. Don't forget to like and share our episode with your fellow sophisticatedly ratchet friends. See you next Wednesday.